just like that you found us. My name is Ken and I'm joined by my son William. Welcome to our journey as we discuss music, life, and our shared love of coffee. This is Studio 36. Uh, that's new. Are we doing formal names now? Uh, I guess we can. Okay. Kenneth Bloomfield. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> hey, I'm a Martin too. I'm a Kenneth, <laughs> Kenneth Martin, Martin Bloomfield. Bloomfield. You're a William Martin. That's actually going to play a role a little bit today in our uh, in our Studio 36. All but right. uh, we'll get to that. I this week because of you watched all of Ted Lasso again. Yeah. All seasons. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, you started it in one of the rooms and. Um, you know, when you walk into a room and Ted Lasso's playing, you just keep rolling through them. So <laughs> I think we talked you. about that this morning. We did, because you were <laughs> back on it again. I think we keep cycling it to each other. As I was watching through it, it it's interesting because I uh, I, I found another, another episode that, I mean, I really like all the episodes, but yeah. I, I definitely had my favorites. Uh-huh. Uh, episode eight in season one, the Diamond Dogs, when um, at the end... Ted Lasso's playing darts, uh-huh. and it's the whole message of be curious, not judgmental. Love that episode. I love episode four of season two, Carol of the Bells. I was about to say, the Christmas episode is definitely oh, up there. It's, it's a great <laughs> one. But the uh, the one I picked up on this time through was the episode right after that called Rainbow. And... Huh. It's uh, I, I'm assuming the title of the episode is after uh, Higgins uh, favorite song with his wife, like a rainbow from the Rolling Stones. Uh-huh. And that's how it ends. But what I really like about it is it focuses on Roy Kent and him helping Isaac overcome uh, his his slump. Yeah. By taking him out to play with some footballers in the city and have some fun and remind him that uh, that it's a game and we should have some fun. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, great, great message from him. But what I really liked is at the end of that episode, uh, Roy Kent decides he's going to join the coaching staff. Uh-huh. And they're playing that Rolling Stones song and he had a whole lot of barriers on his way to the stadium, but he finally got there limping as he's walking in. <laughs> the crowd's chanting, you know, the Roy Kent chant. And um, anyways, it settled in extremely uh, uh, happy ending. Um, but if you pay attention, you can start to see the downfall of Nate. Uh-huh. Uh, because I don't think Nate liked that... Uh, that addition to the coaching staff. Yeah, no. I think that show always does a good job ending off on a high note, no matter what. No matter how, like, I wouldn't say dark because I don't, the episodes can get a little, a little sad, I would say, especially well, in the second The Coach season. Beard one? Yeah. That one was very dark, but you're right. It, <laughs> it ended always, with him walking with coffee. No in matter the what, it ends yeah. on a high note, which I really appreciate about that show. Yeah. I had seen a few articles on management lessons learned from Ted Lasso, leadership lessons learned, or uh-huh. just life lessons learned from from Ted Lasso. And I had re- read a few articles. And uh, so I started to form um, a, really a compilation of my top 10 uh, lessons from Ted Lasso. And so I'm going to roll through them here. 
right. So my 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 top ten lessons from Ted Lasso. Uh, number one, having a purpose. When you have purpose, all the decisions become a, a little easier, or uh-huh. even the hard decisions become uh, a little easier because you know that it's on yeah. purpose. Um, build relationships. We talk a lot about relationships in uh, in this uh, podcast, but um, building relationships is is crucial to being with other people, yeah. helping other people achieve. Um, be curious, not judgmental. I know we get that from uh, from uh, from the one episode um, uh-huh. when he's playing darts. Um, I, I combined relentless optimism. I feel like Ted Lasso has relentless optimism. And oh, I yeah. think that that just more often than not plays into, uh, plays into his favor. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I love the advice he gives to Sam, be a goldfish. And I think that's something that you've told me before. Like well, when I was way younger, yeah. you know, when you're, uh, when you're on the pitcher's mound in little league, or if you're in goal, mm-hmm. uh, when you're in youth soccer, definitely those two roles, uh, be a goldfish. Um, which basically you lose your memory after 10 seconds. Yeah. Uh, basically saying, you know, don't, don't hold on to the bad stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. just let go of it. Number six posted above his door. Believe. I love the word believe, but I also love the word hope and, uh, to have hope. Yeah. My uh, seventh one is around humility and it's uh, shine a light on others. The more you can bring up, uh, the better you're you're going to feel as well. Uh-huh. Number eight, be vulnerable and not too serious. So vulnerability leads to uh, to really deep, strong, trusting relationships. Mm-hmm. Number nine, probably the toughest on the list here. Uh, have the courage to be honest. Um, sometimes you need to share some hard news with somebody, whether it be you know with friends or family or at work. And, uh, it takes a lot of courage to be honest. Uh-huh. And then, uh, the last one I really liked and, and I didn't write it, but someone did. And, and I, it really resonated with me. Embrace your imperfect self. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like that, uh, you know, don't, you could put perfection at the center of the target, but don't, don't strive for, or, or don't only be satisfied if you reach perfection. Uh, we've talked a lot about, uh, the joy being the journey itself. Yeah. Right. Not the end result. So anyways, that was kind of a long, a long list here, (laughs) but you know, I just, I've seen lots of lists uh, of lessons we learned from Ted Lasso and odd. We learn uh, lessons from a program like that. But as we talked about before that program showed up in our lives about the right time. Oh yeah. And so uh, it's just been a joy to watch. I've, I've watched it several times, both seasons. So, Oh, me too. (laughs) Yeah. I look forward to season three. Uh, I hear it's only going to be a three season, you know, program, but huh. uh, I'm Guess sure we'll... it's going to be just as good. Yeah. So aside from uh, watching apparently <laughs> Ted Lasso with me as well, parallel to me watching it this week. Yeah. Uh, tell me about your week. Um. So I got two separate spots my week that kind of stand out to me and they're both pretty similar. I'd say both those spots was just being able to sit downstairs with you and mom and watch some movies together. It's been a long time since we've done that. I really enjoyed doing that this week. Um, that was nice. And thanks for bringing us yeah. into, uh, into the anime, which was, yeah. what was the so, one we watched? The first movie that we watched was spirited away. That's a studio Ghibli movie. Um, 
you know, it's a really good studio in my opinion. I, I think they just make just good movies, just very enjoyable, you know, kinds of movies. How come um, you think the, uh, when I watch a, an anime and they're, they're artistically, they're, they're great. The storyline is interesting, but it does give me a little bit of a feeling of isolation when, when I watch an anime. And why do you think that is? I, I think that's partially the Studio Ghibli films in general, because I, I think we've watched only those. And we've also watched Death Note together, which is another pretty isolated kind of. So I think that might be just the shows or movies that we're choosing to watch. But I feel like isolation definitely is a common theme in anime, especially. I'm So anime is broken up into its own genres and like the male teen genre is called shonen and you know isolation is usually another pretty key factor in that like every male main character that you see is orphaned in some way or another or doesn't have a father you know that kind of thing so i think isolation might be a recurring theme in anime just in japanese culture i I even i remember it as a as a kid and i i you can tell me whether it's considered anime or not but i i was raised um uh, with Speed Racer. Yeah. And um, it, it kind of gave me that same feeling, but it was interesting. You know, it was an interesting program. And um, I don't know, is, is Speed Racer considered anime? I think so. Yeah. As long as it was made in Japan. I think, like, for genuine definition, it has to derive from Japan. Because I think uh, there is such thing as, like, Korean anime or something like that. But, you know, it's a Japanese thing. Okay. I think that feeling of isolation is just a cultural thing, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Something worth exploring. But but they are, uh, as I mentioned, it is uh, when you watch them, uh, there's definitely some uh, artistic aspect of it. Yeah. And um, and the, the storylines are really interesting. Yeah, I, I that's what I appreciate the most. Sometimes I wonder if we get the, the how true the translation is. Oh, yeah. I mean... You watched a little bit of Squid Game, right? Yes. I don't think you ever got all the way through, but the, I think even you got kind of tired of listening to the dubbed over voices. Right. And then you switched it to the subtitles and you're like, this story is actually a little bit different than, right. Right. you know, what they were saying in English. But, yeah. Cause you, you're not only, you're not only translating the words, but you're trying to translate the, uh, the meaning and the inflection and the tone. And, um, and they're also, they're trying to match up as much as they can. They're trying to match up the lips right. to whatever they're planning to say. So that kind of messes with the right storyline <laughs> a little bit too. Yeah. I remember when we first watched Money Heist and I was trying to, um, adjust the audio delay because the mouths weren't <laughs> matching and your mom's like, uh, it's never going to match. It's in a different <laughs> language. <laughs> I think I spent a half day trying to do that. Yeah. That was another good program. But yeah, um, I think, and then we also watched Moneyball last night. Love that movie. That is phenomenal movie. Yeah. Um, Brad Pitt does such a great job in that movie. Mm-hmm. So is Jonah Hill. I think that might be my favorite baseball movie. Really? To be honest. Oh, I've yeah. got lots of baseball movies for you. So, well, good. Well, yeah. it was uh, <laughs> enjoyable. It sounds like we did a little binge watching, watched some movies this week. And, yeah. uh, you know, we were we were due for a little bit of a down week. So, oh, yeah. I think we we're all a little bit under the weather. No, no COVID. Yeah. But a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. I think we all were actually in some yeah. fashion a little bit under the weather. So, uh, we also listened to our albums this week. Yep. 
And I think we should jump a little bit. Uh, I think we should jump right into that. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Sure. You can go first. So I listened to Unlimited Loves this week by Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I I now see what you mean by it feels like an old album while being new at the same time. And I think you start to recognize all these songs kind of feel like they could belong on one of their other albums. I agree. Totally. Yeah. Like um, to me, not the one feels like it was from Californication. Like, and you know, that's my personal favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers album. Right. Um, you know, there's a bunch of great songs on here. I probably have like three or four favorites to name a few. Uh, Poster Child, I thought was a great song. The that's great the one Apes. that had the great bass in it. Yeah. Uh, but also Aquatic Mouse Dance had some pretty good bass on it too. That was, uh, the intro was a little flea lick. You know, I love that song, but for whatever reason... I'm just not sure I can get over the the title. I just don't know what an aquatic <laughs> yeah. mouth dance is. Yeah, no, it is definitely I'm not even going to look it up. <laughs> I, I'm not going to look it up either. They they got a habit of doing that with their songs, I feel like. <laughs> but I do like Flea's intro on that one. Um, you know, The song that you pointed out to me as your favorite was These Are The Ways. That was, um, I thought that was a really good song. Have you had a no. chance to, now they've been touring, have you had a chance to see some of the YouTubes on their... Uh, yeah, I did watch a little bit of that. Yeah, that's, because uh, I know at, at uh, when they opened their tour, I think that that song was what they opened the concert with. Uh-huh. I just thought it was great, because they're just, they, they, you know, they come out on stage, they're just kind of hanging out there in front of Chad's drum, and they, they just start to get into that song, and I like how... You could tell that they're all there, kind of like a jam band does. They're all there feeding off of each other to build up that energy and just have that explosive yeah. chili pepper sound that they have yeah. in that song. So I, th- I thought it was a great song to start start that con- con- It's also a song for the times. I feel like that reflects that in the lyrics of the song. And Right. You know, um, Did you pick a favorite song on that album? I... It comes down to two. It's either Poster Child or She's a Lover would be my top two songs. You know, I like Red Hot Chili Peppers slower songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now She's a Lover. That's that's got uh, uh, Fricante's, uh kind of a little riff thing he's got going on, on the guitar, right? Yeah. Like that the the higher fret riff. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good song. Um, but yeah, I you know I see what you mean. It does feel like a true red hot chili peppers album are you still sticking with californication it's tough for me because like i said this feels like you know it has a lot of the good the best elements from californication a lot of the best elements from blood sugar sex magic you know i think this album just kind of pulls from all their classics you know yeah no it's good i i uh well i told you um Blood Sugar Sex Magic was my uh, favorite before, but I think that Unlimited Love has uh, bounced that, and it's my new favorite, which is great to have a yeah. a new album that's a favorite. I, I can't even tell you how many years <laughs> it's been since I've actually chosen a new album as a favorite. I, uh-huh. I typically go back a ways with bands. Well, I, uh, I was uh, listening to Salad Days yeah. um, this week from Act of Marco. And, uh, you know that I already liked the song Salad Days, but it was yeah. fun to really, uh, listen to a little bit more of the album itself. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I was uh, curious about uh, uh, the album, of course, the album title. Um, you know what Salad Days refers to? Not off um, the top of my head, no. Salad Days is when you're young and your life uh-huh. uh, was without worry. And um, it was... Uh, it was also referenced in um, Shakespeare's Antony and Cleopatra uh, when huh. Cleopatra referred to her salad days when she was green in judgment. So uh, so think of salad days as, uh, you know, that that time in in youth where you've got a little bit of time to burn and you don't have a lot of worries. Although uh-huh. I know that's tough to think about not having worries <laughs> in your teenage years because they seem like uh, monumental worries. But, um, but that's what Salad Days is about. So Salad Days is a more personal album for Mac Mm -hmm. DeMarco than his previous ones. And, uh, previous one, he had a, this is a second studio album. Yeah. Uh, so it came out in April 1st of 2014 and it was recorded in his, uh, New York apartment, which I thought was interesting. Uh huh. So he used, a um, an old reel to reel, um, and recorded this, this album there. So my songs that I liked on here. I liked uh I like the song Treat Her Better. Um Yeah. You know, I think the lyrics are you know, treat her better, uh treat her better boy if uh having your, her on your side is something you enjoy. I thought, well that makes sense, right? Treat her better. Yeah. If you want her around. Um I really like Chamber of Reflection. Uh-huh. Um you know, it was uh again, we talked a lot about isolation and we talked a lot about isolation with Justin Vernon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Bonavere, and I think that uh, Mac DeMarco uh, referred to uh, you know isolating in in his apartment for this album. Sometimes you need to get in that isolation to get your mind in the right space, yeah, uh, to be able to make this type of music. So I think I think that's what Chamber of Reflection refers to. Um, but I'm going to stick with Salad Days as my favorite. <laughs> That's just a happy song. Just, it, it totally yeah. is. I I just I like the whole concept of Salad Days. I uh-huh. like the whole hey, let's just have a let's have a happy song that's light and let's just reflect on uh those days when we're younger and really don't have a a, a worry. Yeah. There. That's the thing that I really appreciate about Mac DeMarco is it really just seems like he just wants to make music, you know? Just he wants to share this music with other people. He doesn't care what the other people think. He wants to make what feels right to himself. Right. And he just puts it out there, you know? Yeah. I mean, the whole album, it's a, it's a great album. It's got a great vibe to it. It's, uh, it's not over the top, you know, punchy where, where, you know, you could have it on in the background and Uh uh, it's just an enjoyable, enjoyable album. And, you know, again, I think with the, the lead, uh, track of Salad Days and, uh, really considering that as you get older, um, you know, you get a bit jaded, you get a bit pessimistic, um, and it's good to, to acknowledge that and mm-hmm. then maybe to, to think back to, you know, do you need to be jaded or pessimistic? Can you be optimistic? Can you, uh, go back and reflect on your salad days and, um, and enjoy that memory of your youth? Yeah. All Are right. you, so, uh, okay. A little switch up. We were going to do uh, last uh-huh. week of the month live. Um, I did not come prepared live. (laughs) So I'm going to ask for a little bit of grace that next week 
we show up with our live album for each other. All right. And surprised uh, I was more prepared than you. Well, that's, I don't know why that surprises you, but, uh, uh, so since you are more prepared, I'm going to go ahead and suggest that you go ahead and roll in and let me know what I'm going to listen to this week. All right. We've already talked about this album today. I wanted to give it as a follow-up. I'm sure you can already guess what album it is. Uh, Californication, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Back to back Chili Peppers. I, I think there is some songs that are just worth listening to this week um, as a follow-up to listening to Unlimited Love. I know you've had that album on repeat lately. So I feel like this one is, you know, as we talked about with uh, Def Leppard, I feel as if it's a little bit more raw and natural compared to, not that Unlimited Love isn't, because they still they try to keep that sound, of course, just production quality, just, you know, it goes up with time and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's... A lot of my favorite songs end up being on this album. Um, so it has the same uh, ingredients, right? It's a, yeah. the same same band members and Fricante as well as uh, Rick Rubin producing. And so this one's, I believe, Californication's from 99. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit about why Californication is your favorite. Um, it's more specifically because of one song, I'm going to be honest. Um, you know, I love... All of Red Hot Chili Peppers music, not all, but you know, pretty much all of Red Hot Chili Peppers music. But I really enjoy it when they do the slower songs, and I think one of their prettiest songs is on this album. It's called Porcelain. Okay, so I want you to listen out for that one. Um, you know, but there's also other great songs on this album. It's you know, I don't really know how to put it into words. Well, other than I'm, it's I'm gonna my favorite to yeah. it, and we'll we'll put it into words. Uh, it is, uh, it was my, before my second favorite album. So I'll listen to it, uh, this week with, yeah. uh, with your ears and, um, who knows, maybe it will remain my second favorite <laughs> album because Unlimited yeah. Love probably pushed it to three, but, um, I think, yeah, we change. We, we evolve in our tastes and, uh, maybe I've evolved in my taste of the Chili Peppers. <laughs> um, here, I figured out how to put it into words. Um. So compared to, you know, Blood Sugar Sex Magic or Mother's Milk, this album just kind of feels almost more mature. You know, I think that also just I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, of course, there is a couple of less mature songs on this album. You'll see that towards the end. I don't think I need to name off the name. You'll recognize it when you get there. (laughs) Um, And that's also referring to earlier of we don't quite know what that one song off of limited love means right <laughs> but i think red hot chili peppers has a habit of doing that they aren't gonna let go of that <laughs> well it sounds good so this will be our second uh chili pepper album this this uh year I, yeah i imagine we'll have it at least one more yeah uh maybe two but um uh no i'm i'm all up for listening to chili peppers this week for all sure right. so um my uh, pick for you this week. Uh-huh. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go back a little bit in time here. We're gonna go before the eighties. Okay. And uh, this artist was born in the Bronx huh. and grew up on Long Island. He launched his solo career in nineteen seventy one. Uh huh. 
And he just happens to have your same name, William Martin. Huh. But his last name's Joel. Oh. So we're talking about Billy Joel. Uh-huh. And uh, the album that I wanted to put forward for you uh, was his fifth studio album. Now, mind you, uh, Columbia was about to drop him because of low album sales. And so his next mm-hmm. album, which would be this one, was really the proof point for, you know, were they going to drop him or not drop him? Not only did they, you know, did they not drop him, but it became Columbia's best sell- selling album ever. Uh-huh. And it is uh, the um, 1977 album, The Stranger. So I'm going to huh. give you Billy Joel, The Stranger. Uh, there's some fun songs on there. Uh, Moving Out uh-huh. um, is a good song. I think that's the lead off track. I think that was my pick for our albums last year. See, I think it was another one on that album you picked, but we'll see. Did you pick Moving On? No, one, I, I didn't. I think one of us did. No, I didn't pick Moving On. I, I'll, tell you why it, moving, I'll tell you why I didn't pick Moving Out. I'm not a big fan of sound effects. Uh-huh. in songs uh-huh. and i thought the sound effect of the car i, I get it the person's <laughs> moving on right i thought the sound effect of the car was was unnecessary in that song yeah and for me it's like i like the song until it gets to that point I'm like well that's not really necessary that's just my own opinion i didn't so it's, <laughs> it's not my favorite but i do like the song i love one aspect of this album um, it, it doesn't necessarily become my favorite song, but I love the way the Stranger song uh-huh. opens with piano. And it has this kind of loungy groove feeling to it. But then the uh-huh. end of the album ends with that same piano. So it kind of creates a little bit of a theatrical sense, or at least does for me, of this piano person opening up in a lounge and then taking the uh, the listeners or the audience uh, to different places and then wrapping back up right where you started. Uh-huh. And so I really like the beginning of The Stranger. Um, there's some some great songs that, that have been played for years, of course, like Just the Way You Are. It's a great song. Only the Good Die Young. Another great song. Um, She's Always a Woman, which I thought that's what your pick was last year, but I, I don't recall. And, um, but my pick is a song that, uh, that Billy Joel wrote, um, inspired, I believe by his, um, visits with his, uh, father in, uh, Vienna and it's the song Vienna. I just, I love the song. Oh yeah. That it's, I'm pretty sure that was your pick, right? It was definitely yeah. my pick. Um, I like how that song just transports you to. Uh, to I've I've never been to Vienna, but it makes me want to be there. In fact, I think that was my main comments uh, last year when we went through it again yeah. as a Diamond album. Is that it is one song that actually makes me want to go visit the place that the song is about. So super powerful about that. I'm excited to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. So um, so for the week, I get another Red Hot Chili Peppers album, Californication. Uh-huh. And you're going to listen to the 77 album from Billy Joel or William Martin Joel, <laughs> um, The Stranger. All right. So enjoy. I will. <laughs> 